when you hear of the term corruption, you hear something of a normalcy in the world, almost a form of expectation for certain people in high positions to act or behave a certain way. This, this particular type of behavior is expected from business people, famous people, and mostly politicians. It's like when we talk about the subject of nepotism in the work environment. The idea of giving your family members and friends opportunities instead of going through the laid out legal process or the bylaws of the company or organization for certain positions, more precisely managerial positions. We've imprinted these kinds of behaviors into our society to a point where when they occur, we not only bat an eye, but we somehow feel envious of the person getting the opportunity. It's so normalized that the consensus of society is that you can't necessarily be wealthy if you don't get your hands dirty and do everything by the book. Which leads us to particular questions such as, why have we accepted this behavior in our society? What caused the acceptance of the desire for an ethical behavior? When looking at African politics, is it a result of capitalism or more specifically, poor leadership, consideration and respect for people? Welcome to the Think Peace podcast, where I discuss a wide range of topics that aim at questioning reality as we know and believe it to be. This is episode four, and the topic for today is the disenfranchisement of ethical behavior. My name is Ian M. Maruleka. Before we get right into it, I would like to let it be known that as the audience, you need not know the ins and outs of these topics. The discussions will be concise and straight to the point. In future, the research literature of the podcast will be posted along with the references used in presentation of each episode. The aim of giving this presentation is to create discussions around the things we see and experience. I hope you enjoy it and share your thoughts and questions and interact with each other. To kick it off, let's just go to the above mentioned notion of corruption and nepotism, which is what we would call unethical behavior. Ethics is equivalent to moral philosophy in a sense that it deals with what we would consider to be right or wrong, precisely when considers, considering how these actions affect the communities in which we live in. Its distinction from morality, though, can be said to be in the reasoning behind the actions, thus allowing us to define ethics as a method, procedure, or perspective for deciding how to act and for analyzing complex problems and issues. One may say that ethics has a way of informing the law, but is not the law itself. In some cases, ethical principles can be considered superior to the law, while 
in others the law that governs certain countries can or does inform ethical behavior for instance when considering the Heinz dilemma we previously spoke on to refresh your mind for those who have been listening and for those who have not to just give you a overview the Heinz dilemma is a story about a husband a wife and a doctor who are living in a community now the wife suffers from a rather terminal illness it's new illness and it so happens that the doctor who lives in the community is the one who finds the treatment for this disease instead of the doctor now pricing it fairly so that it can benefit the society he now prices it so that he can make a fortune from the treatment which honestly is the case with many treatments in the world to which we live in one of the ones that i can think of off the bat is the price of insulin as compared to the cost of actually making insulin anyway so the husband is now faced with an issue he cannot afford to purchase this treatment from the doctor so he has to beg for the community for assistance which he does but he comes out short now he's left with another option which is to speak to the doctor so that he can at least make an exception for him and price this thing fairly this treatment fairly for him as he is a part of the community and his wife is one of the first people to actually have this disease the doctor says no the doctor continues to price it according to how he wishes to price it to price it in accordance to his desires now in the dilemma of course the husband is now left with a final decision of either stealing the treatment and go into jail or letting his wife die in this particular dilemma i wanted to scrutinize the doctor's decision making or the process of decision making which i would consider unethical it's not illegal but it is unethical it's unethical in a sense that say for instance it costs the doctor to make it costs the doctor around 200 uh 200 rands to make the treatment 200 rands is around $10 right it costs the doctor around 200 rands to make the treatment the doctor now prices it at 1500 rands that's over 200% return on a product that he could have sold for 250 rands or even 300 rands but he wants to make more profit it's it's completely not illegal however it is ethical because instead of considering the needs of the community the doctor is now only considering his needs so in a sense is like an inverse of uh the argument that spark made uh where he said the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one when it comes to this particular type of unethical behavior it's just, it's complete inverse of that way the needs of the few or the one outweigh 
the needs of the many. According to Immanuel Kant and the categorical imperative, an ethical action is one that can be applied to everyone and treats other people as ends in themselves and not as means to an end. Kant believed that society must follow a set of categorical, unconstitutional moral guidelines, making them our ethical duty. When one places conditions on a set of moral principles, it opens ways for a slippery slope of unethical behavior, which has been the case for many African countries, to, to emphasize on, on this notion. Um, some areas or principles of ethics in Africa has been taken as more of an unrequired suggestion than points to be considered before certain decisions are made. This in itself has resulted in prominent issues in politics like human rights violation, a lack of transparency and accountability, abuse of power, authoritarianism, and corruption. Africa is riddled with these violations. South Africa not being the exception. Africa faces a number of ethical challenges on a daily basis, which makes it difficult to trust politicians for any sort of service delivery or acting in their power as public servants. Human rights are one of Africa's ethical challenges. In some countries, authoritarianism and abuse of power are used to make people afraid, which keeps them from speaking up about restrictions of their freedom of expression and association, among other rights that may be violated. In some places, human rights may be violated in ways that aren't as bad as torture, but they are still violations like making it hard to get basic needs like your food, your water, or a shelter. Yes, there, there are, of course, a number of factors that make the access to such needs and violations of rights prominent, but however unintended, the result of greed, the need for power, and the whole notion of individualism still results in the suffering of the many for the benefit of the few. The need to fill one's void with the hoarding of money and materialistic things inevitably makes most people suffer. The need for one to benefit makes most people suffer. So among everything else, the largest systematic form of an ethical behavior that benefits one over many is definitely corruption. Corruption doesn't just benefit one person over many, but it also benefits the minority group over the majority. This is one of the reasons why we have things such as the 1% or, 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 or the people who lead governments in the shadows or whatever you may call them or the illuminati or they have so many names but whatever you may call them it, it's definitely one of the reasons why we have these things corruption undermines 
good governance, economic development, and social justice. This form of self-advancement and individualistic, unethical behavior, as all unethical behavior is honestly individualistic, is not only prominent in politics, but can also be seen in the private sector. More so, when the public domain influences the private sector in a manner that hinders any form of progressive capital gain. Corruption takes a number of forms and is not only seen in bribery, but also embezzlement, money laundering, tax evasion, and nepotism. So even the whole notion of uh, telling your friends that they should give you your CV and you I don't know, send it to the decision maker, it's still part of corruption. The whole notion of bribing uh, traffic officers is still part of corruption. The whole notion of skipping certain laws that are in place so that you can get what you want is part of corruption. Corruption in itself mostly works for people who are in power or particularly for people who have certain financial prowess over others. And there's not a lot of people who have those particular kind of financial prowess that allow them to move according or maneuver themselves however they please within the law of any particular country. Now, as I have stated, ethics is the discernment of good and bad behavior in a society. It presents itself in the decisions taken using the process of analysis and in the actions that should be influenced by moral guidelines that benefit society. Evidently, this has been one of the most influential tools in creating a democracy. However, certain aspects of the governance and system in which we live continue to create a marginalized gap among the people. The disenfranchisement of ethical behavior continues to extend the differences that exist within the people and not only makes the masses suffer, but also signifies the lack of commitment to the people by the leaders and the consideration of the existence of a whole nation. In and of itself, it is a form of disrespect towards those that are subjected to unethical behavior instead of the indicators, the instigators. Which, well, before I get there, it, it has become too much of a normalcy, really. Yes, some ethical principles are not part of the law, but ethics and morality has influenced the law to which we live in for a very long time, since man knew how to reason their actions. It has been the influential factor for living in a particular society, and the fact that we have neglected it and we have allowed leaders the leaders that are supposedly supposed to serve the public, we have allowed them to neglect 
their ethical duties. It's not really sad. I would like to say it's sad, but it's not. It's more of a form of disrespect, not just to the country at large or the citizens at large or the world as at large. It's a form of a disrespect to oneself. So to speak, yes, unethical behavior is definitely, definitely a byproduct of capitalism. Capitalism does, unfortunately, yes, it does promote individualism over societal norms and benefits. Unfortunately, capitalism does whisper into a person's ear and suggest that the only way you can do anything is if you do it yourself. And one thing that I believe we forget is the fact that when you are on your way to the top, whatever the top looks like to you, considering that it is engraved in um, the capitalist society, when you are on your way to the top, it's not ladders you are stepping on. We have all these pictures from motivational speakers, motivational quotes, motivational memes, whereby you see a ladder and you see one man with a briefcase wearing a suit stepping on each ladder. And as he goes higher, there's a variation of the size of the ladder. However, he's still going. And you see that person always, always, it's never a group, always that person alone. But the reality is, unfortunately, in a capitalist society, the letter is not truly a letter. The letter is the heads of the people that you are stepping on. In order for you to win, someone has to lose. In order for you to become the first, someone has to either become the second or the last. That is what has been engraved and been given to us by the system to which we live in. We have accepted it because we are so bombarded with so many choices in a lot of realms, like your basic household needs, your television, your washing machine, your fridge, the need to buy or build houses and extend them so that they can be in an enormous size that is so unnecessary, the need to buy luxury items or expensive cars and clothes. Someone probably has, I don't know, a 70-inch TV in their house and that's not even necessary. But it has been engraved to us that once you have something, you have to seek out to have that particular thing, but that is better. And in order for you to get that particular thing in its better form, you have to work. And when you work in certain aspects or realms of a reality, 
you have to get your hands dirty. And when you get your when you get your hands dirty, you step on a lot of people's heads. That is the byproduct, I would say, of the capitalist society, which really begs a number of questions like why have we allowed unethical behavior to continue to flourish in our countries? How do we now address the ethical challenges that have been growing rampant in our society? Is individualism part of the problem? Does capitalism contribute to the need for individualistic views, thus moving away from social ethical norms? How do we go back to our traditional moral and ethical principles as we continue the path of the modernization of our societies, more precisely as we continue down the path of the modernization of our African societies? Honestly, these questions, and there are more questions that can be asked, but these questions and more may be able to help us account, not only for our actions, but also for the actions of our peers and our leaders. This could also assist us in the instigation of transparency and accountability and good governance and commitment to ethical behavior from the public and from the private sector. Thank you for tuning in and I hope to have you again next week as I take you through a journey of provocative thought and questioning about the world we live in.